30th edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Morlatoon. It was a great weekend of high school sports. You know, I would ask Greg how he's feeling, but Bay Area professional sports right now are, well, they're not looking like professional sports teams is probably the way to put it. Does the Bay Area have a professional sports team right now? Um, Stanford women's basketball. Just won a oh, national title. Yeah. That yeah. was really good to see. Yeah, that Amanda was really good to see. Her first title in 29 years. Yeah, that was, that, great that was nice. Good Bay Area win. The one of the very few that's uh, happened Cr- here lately. Crazy games. I swear, Stanford did everything they could to lose those games in the semis and then the national championship. A couple of those South Carolina layups don't go in. <clears throat> you know, it's Arizona. Just, I mean, the stars aligned and they got it. Sometimes it's just destiny that they're they're destined it's to win the it. Stars aligning. That's just yeah. what happens. That's how. And that's what so, you need to to have to win a championship. I mean, every title you need a little bit of luck, but Stanford still learned that because well. They want to also let their defense yeah. give up 53 points yesterday to Arizona. Yeah. Either way, you know, not taking anything away. That's because that's how the game goes. Yep. It doesn't matter. You win. You win. You got the ring at the end of the day. You yep. got the and championship. Stanford's got that defensive length with how big they were. But Stanford's women's basketball team, congrats there. Showing out for the Bay Area. Now these professional not lie, teams. I didn't watch a second of the game. That was great. Watch the last few minutes. That was fun to watch. Dude, I really enjoyed watching that game. The women's tournament was a great thing to watch this year. So was the men's. That's been great. I'm excited for that national championship tonight. Of course, people don't forget we record on Mondays, so this game, by the time you see this... Wait, today's Monday? Yeah. I thought it was Wednesday. Wow. It's been so busy, you forgot what day it is, haven't you? <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's, been the game. Steve Kerr um, mindset has me Oh, so what do you have to say too. about Steve Kerr? Before you came on the air, you sounded a little, a little disappointed in the Warriors' leader. I've been very critical of the Warriors' talk. Especially the Twitter account Warriors talk. Just last week he went off on it. And I'm still very irritated. They are they do a little too much for me. <clears throat> the whole James Wiseman is a bust. Everyone on this team is trash. It's a little too much for me. But one thing I do I am starting to agree with as I've watched more and more games as season progresses is the Steve Kerr slander. Might be time to, you know, start looking at some different coaches. Mike Brown and Luke Walton lost what, like a total of nine games when they were, you know, filled in for Steve Kerr during his back issues. Steve Kerr's lost a, a lot of games the last couple of years. I don't know. Maybe his voice is just old. Yeah, you know, it's just time it for can't a new. Carry forever, right? Exactly. I mean, Phil Jackson's great of a coach as he was. That couldn't carry forever in Chicago or L.A., right? There's no way that's just going to carry forever, no matter how good you are. But it's those rotations. He's not Greg Popovich. I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's not many people are. Not many people are Greg Popovich or John Wooden or those guys in the history or some of these other big-name coaches like Jay Wright at Villanova or what Mark Roy Williams, who just retired. Roy Williams retiring. His last couple years were a struggle there. He retired, but still a great career there. Mm -hmm. But maybe his voice kind of got old there, too. We don't don't really know the whole inside scoop of what led him to deciding to retire. There's different reports, but we don't know the, the exact reason there yet but Steve Kerr's rotations are weird I know they've had some injuries but I don't care what the injuries are you lose by 53 points in an NBA game with professional players that's pathetic and so these rotations are bad they're They're getting worse as the season goes on James Wiseman's regressed a lot of guys have regressed they're just not what they said they were the rotations are bad the Steph Curry rotations in particular are very very troublesome yeah I mean we talked about it just off the air he doesn't come in until six minutes left in the fourth. And they talk about it on the, on, the, on the air all the time. They say, all right, how many points are they going to be down by the time Steph comes back in? Exactly. And that should not be the no, case. You're hoping we, the bench just holds the fort. Yeah. And they were like a minus four. Yeah, they were. I think they were minus seven last night in the fourth quarter when Steph came out of the game. So they, Steph comes out with the lead, comes back in, he's down five. That's it's like, and then he only has six minutes to try and get back into rhythm and to try and win the game. It's just not enough time. He scored thirty, what thirty-seven last night. Yeah, and he's having. I mean, this is about as good as I've ever seen Steph look in terms yeah. of both sides of the ball. I know he had his unanimous MVP season, but what he's doing now, what he's 33, 30, 33, yeah, yeah, and he's looking more at his peak than ever. But you're putting him with six minutes left in the fourth. Technically, he's going to the scorer's table with six minutes left. Yeah. There's some. There has been, I think, one occasion this year that I, when I was watching the game where there was like, you know, they needed to win the game, and Steve Kerr decided to put him in with nine minutes you left, gotta, and I was shocked. you got to win games right now. You, you've talked about you don't want to waste another year of his prime, and 
these guys as primes. What Steph's got another year left, right? It's extension. What you got to start doing things. I don't think Steph's going to leave, but you know the way rumors circulate. Someone, in the NBA, right? someone said that he might need to start putting out some rumors out there to put some pressure on the front office to make some moves. I don't know if that's going to ever going to happen. I don't think Steph would ever even consider leaving the Warriors, but he should. I don't. He I don't, should. I'm, I'm, I'm saying start putting pressure on a little bit. I mean, you're they're wasting your prime. He's, he's, just, he's just not that kind of guy. No, he's not. But Steph's got to take control a little bit here. Okay, but here's the thing: they're so cap hit, and I feel like we're going to talk about the Warriors for a long time because this is just. We were we talking are, about it for like 20 minutes before we even got on the air. I mean, I think people need to know, too. But people want to hear. They're so cap, handicapped right now. What are they supposed to do? You know, Bob Myers has done a really good job trading for D'Lo in that sign-and-trade for Kevin Durant. You could have had nothing for Kevin Durant. And out of that, you got Andrew Wiggins and this top pick coming up next year, which could be a Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, there's a, a great draft this year. I would love to top. see it be Jalen Suggs. Obviously, you know, he just had that big shot just uh, two nights ago, three nights ago. But there's not much they can do. It's hard to say, like, oh, well, they've missed on a couple free agents. They don't have any money in free agency. They they can spend the minimum, and then they have their one mid-level exception every year. That's it. They don't have the money. It's so different now, too, because vets don't want to come in and chase her in and take the discount. It's a different Warriors thing. I remember back in the day, people would take $8 million less. David Western had a lot of money to come to Golden State. Jermaine O'Neal, yeah, too. These guys turned down a lot of money. Nowadays, players aren't going to do that for Golden State. And maybe the front office has to understand that, too. I don't know if they're quite But the front that. office, there, there's nothing. You, the only way you get out of it is getting rid of a Draymond, getting rid of a Clay. You can't have, they have basically four mass contracts with an Ubrace, $20 million, And then they have Wiggins, you know, who's getting paid $18, 20000000 million as well. It's a lot of money going into the team for five guys. Especially when one of your guys, Clay Thompson, hasn't played in two years. He signed that max contract. He hasn't played a single minute since signing that contract. I mean, there's going to be some pressure this offseason on <clears throat> Bob Myers and Steve Kerr to write this. Oh, for is. sure. There's a lot of pressure. If, if things don't go right this offseason, next year is a struggle. We know how Joe Lakeup is, though. If they don't make the playoffs this year, does Steve Kerr have a job next year? Because we know how he is. He wants to win. And he, if he, he doesn't... Should. He's poured a lot of money to this. He just got a new San Francisco arena. It's... Obviously, it's been halted by those injuries last year, right? Last year, pandemic, I, no one can blame no, them for you, last you year. That's that was, crazy. That was bad. Then the pandemic hits. You can't put it fans in arenas. But at a certain point, he's going to want you to <clears throat> recoup this money. I know they've made, they're have made they one of the richest franchises now in all professional sports, but they've still taken a hit. Yeah. And so is almost every business. You need to make the playoffs. with this. You can't waste another year of steps prime. And maybe he, he maybe. just sold 5% of it, by the yeah. way, too, to try and recoup some of that money. And, and heck, maybe Steph doesn't isn't the one that leaks rumors about leaving. Maybe his agent does. We don't know. Agents are known to do that. That happens all the time in professional sports. It does. I'm yeah. telling you. Maybe somebody <clears throat> leaks it. We don't know. But there's going to be pressure on Bob Myers and Steve Kerr. And, and rightfully so. But I think the question is, does Steve Kerr have a job? If they continue to struggle for the last, what, 20 games that we have this season, don't even get into the play-in position does he have a job if they don't even make the playing game i think that it's a 50 50 shot honestly you, there's no way i know they've had clays out but you saw Ubre, wiggins draymond and stuff this is this should game. still be a playoff that game. should still be a playoff game and you should not be fighting with the sacramento kings for the 10th slot there's no way they were I supposed agree. to be the prediction before there was six spot right you were hoping kind of for them to maybe six Maybe if they had things, a great year, if things four, go right, maybe a four, four or five, yeah. right? But six was the goal with this roster, and it should have been. They were supposed to. I mean, their defense some nights you look at it great, but they foul heavy, right? Very foul heavy. It's they're the third most fouls in the NBA per game right now. Yeah, the, how many fouls? How many times did they foul three point shooter last night? That was awful. It's all the time. And obviously, like you said, we're talking about Sunday night's game. We record this on Monday. This was the game against Atlanta that we're talking about. But, I mean, it was awful. I mean, Juan Scott Anderson fouled someone on the three-point line. Jordan Poole did. I mean, obviously, these are young players trying to learn. But, I mean, that's just simple, you know, basketball IQ. That's but, something you learn at a young age. Yeah. I mean, it's just low basketball IQ plays a lot of the times. And you can see, you know, Steph and Draymond didn't play against Toronto a couple of nights ago. When they're not on the court, this team is lost. 
And at this point in the season, with the guys that they have, it should not be that way. No, it, it really shouldn't be. It's, they're, and, they're and it they're goes worse. to coaching. That goes to coaching. They're getting worse. They're honestly getting worse. The only person I've seen improve this year is Jordan Poole. Yes. And, you know, when he got good, he when he went to the G League. Yep, he got his confidence back, right? Yeah. It sucks to say, but he didn't get his confidence under Steve Kerr. He got it under the G League coach. Well, in the G League, and then he came back to the NBA. He was rejuvenated. There were some games he's just pull up, and he's <clears> trying then to do, like, since he's, kind of shots. Since he's come back, he's kind of regressed again. You know, he's struggled the last couple weeks or so. I don't know. I don't know if Steve <clears> Kerr knows a role for him or how to play him. He plays better with the ball in his hands. Even though in college he played better off the ball, you know, more of a spot-up shooter, he plays better in the NBA with the ball in his hands. But he doesn't get the ball in his hands. Hardly ever. There's going to be a lot of And why did Kent Bazemore play so much last night? He was awful. I love Kent Bazemore. Obviously, he started with the Warriors. You know Kerr's got his guys, though, too, right? He's got to play guys X amount. Remember James Michael McAdoo? Oh, I was just going to say, I was trying to remember his name. Good old McAdoo. He's got to get his 10 minutes a night, every night. Even in the NBA Finals. Don't remind me. Oh, we, oh, we got to put in Festus Azili in crunch time, too. Yeah, and then I put Anderson Verjao in the fi- Game 7 of the Finals. Why would you not go with the death lineup in that game? That lineup was killer. It never lost. That death lineup was amazing. Steve Kerr's rotations, man. Some people were light years ahead on that. That's, that's sad to say. Because I love Steve Kerr. He's obviously done a lot for the community. He's a good person, but... Maybe it's just his voice is just lost Might be just on the time team. For a change. Might just be that time. But then, do you bring back Luke Walton? That was gonna. No, you can't bring back Luke Walton. He was thirty nine and four with this team. I think he's a good coach. He went to the Lakers, had a terrible situation. He's got some of his he, other issues that I remember <clears throat> that have kind of surfaced about him. So I don't know if you. I don't, I don't know. I don't fully know. We, we don't about know. those and and what I don't. You know, I'm thinking just basketball side, but you're right. There were some of those issues yeah, that came stuff up. stuff that a franchise will not want to take in, especially the Warriors. Yeah. I don't know. Then who? Brad Stevens, is he still going to be the Celtics coach after this year? Go back if, to college. If he comes back available, would you Maybe want him Brad at the Stevens Warriors? Brad Stevens in North Carolina. I've heard that. Did he go to North He didn't. They like to no. keep things in-house, though. Yeah, they're one of those schools that they love to keep it like that. Yeah. Because tradition. I'm sure they'll do the same thing. I don't know. Either way. Bob Myers should not be fired. But you think there's going to be a little bit of a hot seat in this offseason, though? I think that there's a lot of pressure with on, coming from the players, and also obviously the fans are not happy, but coming from the players itself, I think that there's a lot of pressure. Like, hey, we need to figure this out. Steph and Draymond don't like losing, and neither does Clay. But he hasn't played this year, so it doesn't show. Those three do not like losing. Not after the run that they went on. You can't waste the years of their primes that you can't yeah. Steph's look pissed too you've seen him post game he's not I mean Steph. remember the first game after the all-star break he went off on that team and then they played well for like two games and then they went and regressed again I mean if you're seeing his post game press conferences too this is a different Steph than I've ever seen he just, he's not happy no and that's weird you know usually you see Steph playing with joy even in his early years always playing with joy always yeah. having fun now it's like what the bleep are we doing no, it's bad. It's they've regressed. There was some times earlier this season where even James Wiseman looked better than he does now. He's not a bust, but no. He I is mean, regressing. here's the thing with Wiseman: he's gonna go through these struggles. He just turned 19 two weeks ago, or last week, or whatever it was. He has. He deserves plenty of time, and that's another thing. I think Kerr is so critical on him. Especially when he got that COVID test, missed the COVID test. The kid's a 19-year-old. Like, we're older than him. Kerr's always been weird about big man rotations, too. You ever notice that? It's really weird now with Looney and Wiseman. Can't make a decision. I don't... I mean, I understand kind of why he took Wiseman out of the starting lineup. I think he wanted to take some pressure off of him. But at the same time, I mean, he should still be getting 25 minutes a night. Yeah, last night, or I, I guess Sunday night, we should say now... He got two runs in that game, and that was it. One first half run, one second half run. And that's it. He played 18 minutes. Yeah. And his first run in that game, he played well, too. Yeah. Second was a little bit more of a struggle, but... He plays well. Yeah. He's an athletic big, and against Atlanta last night, who doesn't have a great defensive roster, he should have been running up and down with all the athleticism you have on the team. I mean, 
And but they were like, no, let's slow it down. Let's put James Wiseman in the post, who doesn't know a post move to save his life right no. now. But I mean, that's things he'll learn. But still, I mean, pick and roll with that guy. You know how devastating that would you be. You do the stuff to Draymond to Wiseman pick and roll. The or if you just go roll. one five pick and roll but with Steph and like, Wiseman. Every time I've done Steph to Draymond and then Wiseman's rolling, one have you ever seen that fail? Never. It's always, they run it's that always an alley They do it once a game. They got to do that more, but they just need pick and Steve rolls more. Kerr is too stubborn about this motion offense, and it's not always working anymore. The league knows. The league, especially when teams switch now. They're, yeah. they're, the, the Warriors changed it. They created this. The league's caught up. Yeah. The league is caught up, right? It's like once teams started cut, getting to know the spread in football, right? Then teams' defense adjusted. So offenses had to come up with new formats. Oh, RPL, right? That mm-hmm. was a new thing. We I know that's always been around, but now you hear that more I hate than the ever. RPL. It's something you hear about now more than ever to combat that. And then in the in the basketball, the Warriors are not combating this. They're too stubborn, stuck in their ways. Pick and roll. I don't know why you don't do that more. Steph's a great pick and roll player with Tame and Draymond and Wiseman. That's going to work every time. Throw Wiggins in there to it pick was, and roll. No, do you remember the NBA Finals? I know they won it in 2017, but when Mike Brown's the interim, the Steph Kevins ran pick and roll. They ran that 10 times a game at least, and it was unbelievable. Then Steve Kerr comes in, you don't see it once. No, I, I don't know why. Because Steph, I don't want to put blame on Steph, but he's also the coach on the floor, right? Like he's At the end of the day, he's supposed to be the one calling the plays on the floor. But, I mean, they're still running the Steve Kerr system, so I, I don't know. Trouble times. In it's it's a, State. it's a tragedy, and pro baseball teams aren't looking good. The A's got slaughtered, zero and four. Let's go Astros. The, did you see what the A's played though when the Astros announced their starting lineup Saturday? The yeah. A's played before he cheats by Carrie Underwood. Yeah, I did see that. Savage, but they didn't win. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna try and troll a team, you better go out and win the game. So but they didn't. The yeah, A's are a trash. They are professional. Um, teams are not doing well. The Niners are stuck in quarterback limbo. Um, well, the Raiders aren't here anymore, but they're getting worse as usual. The Sharks aren't going to make the playoffs. The Giants bullpen and Gabe Kapler are just well. That, that was another manager. Yeah, fired. The, the Warriors are a joke of a franchise now. A joke sports. of a franchise. I'm just going to go all in. I think that the changes do need to be made. And you know, <clears throat> let's get into some happy talk. High school sports. We had a very busy weekend. Games. Well, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm surprised there weren't any games on Sunday. Well, I'm pretty sure that's illegal to play on Sunday, especially it was Easter. Yeah, it was. It was Easter, yeah. you know, but it would it would have been kind of fun to have some Sunday high school football yeah. at the same time, right? But, you know, we got to see a lot of games. Check out all the coverage, photos, takeaways, rankings, at the recognition. Everything is up at westcoastpreps.com, so take a look at that. We're going to go through some of the games we covered Thursday. We had a couple of football games. Bishop O'Dowd at San Leandro. Very defensive-oriented game. Both defenses put a lot of pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. Made a lot of stops in the backfield. Bishop O'Dowd came away with a 16-7 win. San Leandro goes up early. Quarterback Demetrius Freen. Freen just makes a big run. 60-plus yard touchdown. Put San Leandro up. But after that, Bishop O'Dowd's defense locked in. They started making their dragon tackles. They just weren't tackling well early on. Made those adjustments. Their defense played really well. 11 stops in the backfield on that game, forced some turnovers, and they made a big play at the end there where Jesse Madden hit Matt White for a touchdown for 20-plus yards, sealed that game, made it 16-7. to But O'Dowd's now 2-1, and one, only lost to San Juan Valley, who's number, now the number eight team in the Bay Area, and that was a 21-13 to 13 ball game. They had a few fourth-quarter turnovers that cost them in that, but Bishop O'Dowd just finding the answers, finding ways to win under David Perry. You could see that culture... He's instilling doing a great job there. Some of their top performers, Matt White, did have that touchdown. He also had 63 receiving yards. Ben Martin, four catches, 43 yards. Harrison Jenkins, four catches, 27 yards. Tyler Hunter had an 18-yard touchdown catch. And Jesse Madden had two touchdown passes. And then Greg, you were at De La Salle against Jesuit on Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, De La Salle is De La Salle at the end of the day. They've been doing this for the last 30 years now. Uh, Nico Torres, who we'll get into a little bit later, um, had a big game as he had three touchdowns in that game. And then Dorian Hale had his couple touchdowns. He threw an interception in the game. Um, but Dorian Hale, heck of an athlete, heck of a talent on that team. But De La Salle was De La Salle. Jesuit, honestly, they they were hanging around a little bit in the first half, kind of like let, what De La Salle lets people, let teams do, I should say. But in the second half, you know, dominated like they almost always do. And they ended up winning 42-7 to in that one on Thursday night. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about. De La Salle does 
what they do every single week. So They wear you down. By run game, they wear you down. That's what happens. You might think it's close early on. People are like, oh, upsell alert now. They also does the same thing every week. They really <clears throat> dominate you on the run game. Then they hit you with a couple of big passing plays, and that's the game. Nico Torres, the three rushing scores, had a big first half in that game, too. They also saw with the easy victory to continue that NorCal unbeaten streak. And St. Mary's, they, they ruined the chance early in the season. And that was the one opportunity. I mean, De La Salle is better. As they I was talking this weekend with a coach, and I was like, you know what we need? We need a De La Salle-Sarah game. Yes. Because, I mean, I went to the Sarah game, and we'll get into it a little bit after we go through these other games, but those two teams are clearly the best two teams in, in the Bay right now. If Sarah can add a transfer to add a couple more kids in that in that program coming up, too, you'd I, I don't There's talks. We, we don't have any information. We don't have any information. I'm just talking about people on Twitter trying to recruit certain guys. We don't have information. No, we, we honestly don't have any information, though. It's we might more, have a little bit. It's more just for fun. Do we have any information? It's more Twitter talk. Okay. Maybe, maybe I have information you don't. My brain my brain is light years ahead, unlike the Warriors. The Warriors are light years behind them. That's the franchise, and they're only getting worse. The Warriors are back to the old school Warriors where they're going to be well, hoping to have a Mike Dunleavy Jr. Maybe Mike Dunleavy the third comes in someday and resurrects the franchise. That's why the team's so bad because he's part of the front office now. Yes, yes, that's, that's it. what it is. What they need to add is a Troy Murphy in the front office, and then going to go up. Maybe Troy Franklin should join the. No, Troy Franklin's looking good at Oregon. Yeah. Please stick on that football path; it's going to work out for you. But you know, it's some Friday night games, but we do need the Dale Salcera game here next year. I'm we'll we'll talk more about it when we. Talk about the Sarah game. How about that? Yes, we, I think we need that. But Friday night, Los Gatos, Mountain View. Mountain View without Austin Flax, the senior receiver, hamstring injury, so he was out. Mountain View did put up a good second half. Went down big early, but that second half, Mountain View didn't quit. Got to give him credit, but Los Gatos, number nine team in the Bay Area, wants 56-23. to 23. Adam Garwood, the story of the day. Cal Poly and San Diego offers. You see why. Love to have seen him have a fall season, seen how many more offers he could have gotten. But still a few. He's going to get more, I think, after this season. 11 carries, 148 yards, three touchdowns, a big day. Caspian Bailey, two rushing touchdowns. Alex Crowder had some big passes, 147 yards, three completions, two of those for touchdowns. Then Mount View, some big days as well. Mason Devies, 21 carries, 110 yards. Julian Daniels, an athlete for them too, but Los Gatos comes out with the victory. And then you were at James Logan, Murrow Catholic. Yeah, I mean, James Logan dominated the game um, from the, from the outset. They returned a punt for a touchdown. They blocked a punt, which ended up being a touchdown just to play later. Um, and James Logan just looked like the better team all night long. But I will say this, Monroe Catholic does not have their two best players, Caleb Alarms or, or Nico Reed, playing for them right now. Um, so they are a little depleted, it seemed like, out there, as both of them are on the sidelines, but just were not suited up um, as... I'm assuming that they're both getting ready for their college season. If you, yeah, if you point. mentioned that, Nico Reed's going to go to Colorado. He was first team all league in all three phases last year. Big time player, right? Both are top 45, then, if I yeah, remember correctly. Caleb Armsdorff is a four star going to Cal. Yeah, so I mean, both of them top 45 players, and missing both of them, obviously, um, you know, a huge loss for that team. So James Logan took advantage of that, um, and all night long. They completely dominated on all facets of the game. Uh, defensively, they gave up one touchdown. Or actually, it was even defensively. It was special teams touchdown, uh, kickoff return. So defensively, it was a shutout for James Logan, and they put up 46 points on them. Yes, they did. So James Logan, another big one. They got a big matchup this week against Bishop O'Dowd, number 21 against number 22. Game of the week, buddy. That's obviously going to be up there. Bishop O'Dowd and James Logan, two really good programs right now. And that's going to be one of the big ones. A huge game of the week voting. Yes, it is. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of games. We'll get into that later in the podcast, so stay tuned for that. Another game, Greg, you were at. Another EBAL game. Can the Mustangs get some luck here? Clayton Valley hands them another loss. I feel bad for the Mustangs right now. I feel really bad for Monta Vista right now. I mean, this is the greatest 0-4 team in oh, the history of 0-4 by, by far, the greatest 0-4 team <clears throat> anyone will ever see. I made this comparison. They're kind of like the Chargers right now. They're just kind of finding ways to lose. It's so... You it's very bizarre. You feel for them. Because that Akalani's game, they almost win, and they're without 20-plus players because of contact tracing, right? 
Week two, well, De La Salle, what can you do? Week three <coughs> against Cal, you lose in overtime on the road and a, just a heartbreaking loss, right? And then and now this one, hard-fought game. I mean, they ran the ball. I remember I counted it earlier. I think the between both teams, almost 80 times these teams ran the ball. Um, Clayton Valley ran the ball 60-plus times. Just an insane game. This was old-fashioned. 1970s, 1960s football. Hand the ball off, have your fullback go in there and just ground and pound all night long. Um, and you could see that. Omari Taylor had 232 yards and a touchdown. Um, Rashawn Woodland had 88 yards. Dylan Seeley had a couple carries and a touchdown on uh, receiving, which is kind of just a little toss um, to him. On there. Five catches. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, all of those were just the little toss, basically just a ground and pound game all night long, but it counts as a receiving yard. And then Dylan Devitt had 231 yards and a touchdown. Crib, you know, consistent, we know about him. He had 70 yards tonight. Uh, Jack Endry's another big game for him. He had that huge touchdown that almost brought Monta Vista back into the game. But at the end of the day, Clayton Valley's defense stepped up a goal line stand, one of many throughout this whole game. Monta Vista had a couple. Clayton Valley had a couple. It was just a fun back-and-forth game all night. But the last second interception thrown by Dylan Devitt in the end zone. Monta Vista just can't catch a break. They they can. It's tough. You, you feel for those kids in that coaching staff because they've done so many things right, but sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way in this year. It hasn't, but you know what? I'm sure they're glad that they're just able to play games at the same time because yeah. there was a lot of times it didn't. I know these kids are getting good film. You're seeing Jack Andrews is getting more offers. Gavin Crick <clears throat> got another offer, right? So they're starting to get things, but that's just the luck of the draw in East Bay as well. It's yeah. just, just And just one more shout-out for Monta Vista, too. Nathan Price. He had fantastic. a couple great punts. Oh, fantastic on special teams. I'm going to give another shout-out. Gabriel Poslencia, Bishop O'Dowd's kicker and punter. Unbelievable punts I saw. I, I not kidding if they were 60 yards each. Yeah. I mean, Nathan Price, he pinned back Clayton Valley a couple times, and honestly, it changed the outset of the game. No, it does. It, it really they does. They really changed the field position, and having that great of a punter in high school, you know, it really changes the outcome of the game. Yes, it does. And those two kids, they're going to be playing somewhere in college. I know Both are really, really good. Nathan yep. Price, you're seeing them all the time. He's doing different junior days, virtual visits, I'm sure. This summer is going to be a big one for him. He said he's planning on going to, or his dad, I should say, said he was planning on going some recruiting visits Good. during the summer. So. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a big thing for him. Then the last game we were at on Saturday, I was out in Danville. <laughs> these games I'm seeing with Cal and Santa Monica Valley <laughs> that we're seeing, it's just ridiculous. Cal has been in the most craziest games all year. Oh, I, Clayton Valley, Monta Vista, now Santa Monica Valley. Is Coach Cal doing okay? Is is he doing? He's do, is he doing all right? It's got to be some stressful. He situation. is very happy. This is only a six game season right now. Yeah, this, this is a full season. I don't know if he'd make it. This is ridiculous because this game, Sierra Valley had no business winning this game. Cal's up seventeen fourteen at halftime. Then they go up twenty four seventeen in the fourth. Right? Okay. They get to Sierra Valley's thirty two yard and They do a fake punt because Cardinal sees the opening. I'm sure that was an option to see that opening. Looked like he had it. Well, no, Jack Catterton, unbelievable game. We'll get into him what he did. What he said after that game, but just stuffed some fantastic defensive play. Cal stuffed at the San Ramon Valley 33. Two and a half minutes left. San Ramon Valley has no timeouts left. They got to go 77 yards, and they've got three points in this half. They've got some turnovers in the game, and they're not moving the ball. Rare for San Ramon Valley, right? With that talent they've got in that offensive line, that's just ridiculous. Okay, well, here's what happened. Some big plays happen, right? Okay, then they get to the red zone. Well, J.P. Murphy, the big tight end, San Diego State signing. Got a touchdown catch, one time left. Tie game. You're thinking, okay, overtime, right? Just these heroics. This is crazy. Okay, Cal, Cal runs a pass. Zadarian already forces a fumble. Okay, Trevor Donathan returns this to the Cal 10-yard line. The next play, a screen pass to a wide-open Zadarian already. Santa Monica Valley takes the lead. 48 seconds left. It's 31-24 Wolves, and they win this game after Cal gets to the 31 there at the end, but a draw pass there at the end, and San Ramon Valley wins that ball game. Ridiculous, insane stuff. There were times when you're seeing the San Ramon Valley silent, like they're not going to win this game. Just heads are down. Now sure they get one. There's turnovers. Things just aren't going their way, right? Then all of a sudden, mass chaos ensues, right? It, it was the one of the wildest things I've I've really ever watched. There is a reason they're the number eight team right now. And Clayton Valley and San Ramon Valley play their seven and eight right now. What a game that's going to be. Oh, somebody because, will be at that. Yes. Someone will be. It's in game of the week voting. 
That should win game of the week. I think that's the best game of the week. So go vote for San Ramon Valley and Clayton Valley. Wow, Greg's trying to sway the voters. <laughs> that's not how it works. We don't tamper, Greg. We're not Magic Johnson. I, I might want to go to live more game. Greg, we're not Magic Johnson. We don't tamper. We're above we don't, that. We, don't we are have... above tampering. We are not Magic Johnson and the Lakers. We are not LeBron James. Anyways, we are above Anyways, Monta Vista game ended early. And, I, and I'm you know, scrolling through Twitter. I'm like, huh. Alright, there's a few minutes left. I wonder if I should just stop by. Because I was in Danville anyway. So I was like, maybe I should just stop by. It's like, nah, there's only a couple minutes left. It seems like the game's over. I'm not going to go. So I drive home. Next thing you know, I'm home and the game's still going. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and I see all the tweets. I'm like, man, I should have went to the yeah, game. Yeah, I call you after. I'm, I'm like, did you see what happened? You're like, no. I'm like, check Twitter. <laughs> like, see what, just scroll through the feed. See what happened. It was mass insanity chaotic wild incredible ridiculous e-ball I mean that's that's the basis of it I think that's all it. you can say I there's no other way to describe it I, yeah. I don't really know what happened Oscar lots for Cal had three picks in the first half alone We're sick he had three picks entering that game this season then he had three in one half he's got six picks through four games okay not bad something did off off for that man is all I can say Jay Hubbard had 83 rushing yards for Cal but he got hurt too so you're hoping he's okay left there in the fourth quarter went down a couple times after the second time they took him out of that game yeah, I mean that's e-ball that's all you can say I mean I think you said that best but San Juan Valley now 3-1 and one. Cal's a great 2-2 two and two team the only losses by one score to games they could have won against Clayton Valley and San Juan Valley then you were also at Sarah against St. Francis and those Sarah Potteries man I mean, senior night, I think the seniors had a point that they wanted to get across because it's not like St. Francis is a bad team. And they got demolished. And Walsh said, I think, he said he thinks this is the first time that he's seen a running clock um, at the start of the second half, essentially. It was just insane. I don't know what was guided into them. Uh, I talked to Christian Peterson after the game, the Louisville signee. He said they had a terrible week of practice the week before, and they were like, we're going to come out and start fast, and that they did because they won the toss. They decided to receive the ball, first play of the game, double pass, touchdown. It was just wild, and the buzz started from there, and Sarah never stopped. Hassan Mahasin had his amazing game, multiple touchdowns again. Uh, He only had 10 Touches on the day, but he had multiple touchdowns. I think he caught the ball four times and he had three touchdowns. Every time he touches the ball, you're scared that thing's going 80 yards to the house. If you're a defensive coordinator game planning for him, you're not sleeping. Yeah. Dominic Lampkin, he had four touchdowns on the day. He's sick, though. He's so good. I mean, the whole team. The whole team. And you know what the scary part is? They've got some freshmen playing. Yeah. I I, I don't want to get it wrong. Jabari Mann is one of them, I believe. Joseph Bay. And then Joseph Bay. They are. Two of the. Dude, top athletes on the field dude, right now. These young classes are stacked at Sarah. Like, Sarah is <clears throat> loaded. I know I've talked about Pitt being Dela over many months since we started this podcast, and I still think that there's a there's a chance in 2023 that it happens. I went to Dela on Thursday. People were not very happy. They saw me. They're like, oh, that's the guy that's picking <laughs> us to lose. Yes, yeah, yes, I am. I'm, I'm sorry. Glad the Spartans like me more. I'm I believe sorry. in you guys. Yeah, well... <clears throat> You know, sometimes you just gotta try and stir things up. I think it's good. I think it'd be a good game in twenty twenty three. I don't know. We'll see. Both teams are incredibly talented, but Sarah might be the best team in the Bay Area. So, so do you think that I'm, has I'm a better not... chance of beating Dallas <clears throat> in a year or two? Sarah or Pitt? <clears throat> this is where. Or so, are you going to be on the Sarah hype train now after what you just witnessed? Are I don't you know. That Sarah train. Am I like? Is this the recency bias? Because I saw Pitt struggle and I saw Sarah no, I'm dominate. I'm telling you, Sarah's good. Like there, Pitt's very good too. And I'm Sarah's, not off the pit train. No, you I'm not off the pit train. I'm on the pit train. Pitt's really good. You saw what they just did over the weekend, fifty-five to seven against Liberty. I'm on the pit train, for sure. But I might be on the Sarah train a little more. Dude, Sarah is loaded, dude. I'm a Sarah Dela game would be insane. Dela still wins. Dela still wins. Yeah, Dela still wins back. There's so, what if there was that little transfer that we've you know heard some rumblings about on Twitter. Does that does that change anything Davis for you? Davis wins, but that game's going to OT. It's going to be like when they played eight years ago when Sarah took them to OT. It's going to be like that. Oh. There's a lot of good teams out here 
that I think they would not struggle with, but I think it'd be a good game. Oh, it I don't think they would ever struggle with anyone. No, but you would but, see true Wormblings like, is this it? Is this the day the Shuri dies? I mean, I'm telling you, these Sarah's sophomore and freshman classes are, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's stupid. I mean, it's and we've talked about the 2023 class and before. Let's just say, I know some high-profile middle schooler athletes that are going to go to Sarah, too. They're banding together to go there. Sarah's got a run coming. A big run. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, like, state titles. Multiple. Yeah, no, Sarah's going to be that good. And they, that sophomore I also mentioned on their site, Joey Villaroman, great receiver there at Sarah. Another KT prep guy. Can't say enough about the athletes that come out of that program. Right? Yeah. Just, KT yeah. prep's doing it right. Yeah. A lot of good kids that come out of the program. I mean, just take the athleticism out of it when you're just talking about good quality kids that are yeah. going to go off and do great things in life, whether it's football or something else. Um, KT prep's doing a great job. But, I mean, we've talked about the 2023 class. It might be time to start talking about the 2024 class already. I know. Because these guys, Jabari I mean, and Joseph Fade, just two of the great. I mean, if you're you have old... the De La Salle freshman quarterback yep. who is on JV right now. Yep, so we you have um, Pitt has a freshman quarterback as well. I mean, it's just <clears throat> all over the place. There's a bunch of freshmen that are playing really well right now. And if you're getting a lot of snaps at Sarah as a freshman on this team, um... <laughs> Well, you're going to have your pick of the litter. Nick Saban, oh, you want to play for Kirby Smart at Georgia? Go there, too. Oh, you want to play at USC? Yeah, go oh, Oregon. You want to play for Mario Cristobal? You want to join Troy Franklin? Well, actually, you probably won't be there at the same time, but <laughs> with their ages, right? But, hey, you want to follow in his footsteps? Hey, go right ahead. I saw a man come in, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Pierre Pierre. He's like, that's a man run. That's his saying. I'm going to say Pierre Pierre. That's, that's your saying now for him for the next four years. But he came in at running back during that fourth quarter. Oh, my goodness. Dude's a beast. And he's only freshman. What is he, 14 years old right now? Yeah. He's 10 years <laughs> younger than me. Well, you're old. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. An old man. Anyways, we, we'll get into that probably more during the off season about how great these freshman and sophomore classes, eventually sophomore to juniors during the summer. But we'll get into that more later on. Yeah. But just know that. The next couple of years in the Bay Area is going to be wild. We picked a good time to start oh, West Coast I was Coast literally Preps. about to say we launched at the perfect time. It's going to be fun. And put that in all caps and say <clears> the <throat> word fun. Do you know the Beach Boys song, fun, fun, fun? Well, it's more than just fun, fun, fun. No, this is the wild, wild west out here. Because I think, I think Dale's going to lose a game. I don't know. I, I think Dale's... Th- I, over have these next, I have to see it to believe Over it. these next three years. Obviously this year, they're winning the rest of these games. San Ramon Valley's not beating them. No, one, no one's beating them. Clayton Valley's not beating them. Whoever else they play, they're not losing. Right. Not this year. But over the next 2022, 2023, 2024, I think that there's multiple opportunities, assuming we go back to playoffs and you know stuff like that. I think there's multiple opportunities with Pitt and Sarah that they could lose a game. They could, but I don't see it happening, but they could. <clears throat> An early season Sarah matchup? Dude, literally everyone in California is going to be at that game. I'm including probably both of us. Sorry, other teams still have to wait a week well, because honestly, we'll all be there. We have to be at that game. I'm telling you, there's no way we're missing that. But you know what? Some takeaways from the weekend we'll get into. We'll get more into some of these young athletes because we've got some takeaways up on that on the website too. You can check out San Ramon Valley, though. The resilience that program has shown all year. They have a never quit mentality. you got to give them credit for that, what they did to come back. Zedarian Nardi had a big game there too. Had the 16 carries, 96 rushing yards. Had that receiving score. Also forced a fumble. Great 2022 prospects. Some of these, these 2022 and 2023 classes at San Ramon Valley are stacked. That offensive line is loaded. There's a lot you got to like there. Then you got Jack Catterson, the junior linebacker. Had 16 tackles. And how many tackles for loss? Six. That's pretty good. Not oh, bad. No, every single play. Jack Catterson. Jack Catterson with a stop in the backfield. Jack Catterson with a stop <clears> in the backfield. Jack Catterton with the tackle for loss. Like, <laughs> offer him. That's that's my thing. But you know what? Into more of these young, talented guys. Caleb Padrid, San Ramon Valley sophomore receiver, an athlete, another KT prep guy as well. Okay, He leads the team in receiving, and you've seen that receiving core. J.P. Murphy, Caden Ridley, all these guys. 226 yards this year. Over the weekend, 93 yards on seven catches. Second time he's had 90-plus yards this year. He had 97 yards when you were there on six catches in that season-opening win against Lost Lomas. He is an athlete. Yeah. I mean, there's another team in this Bay Area with a loaded young class. 
I know that the you know JP Murphy's going to San Diego State, so they lose him. But I mean, that class or that team is loaded. This is going to be the craziest few years of high school you football I think we've ever seen. It might be sad that the season got pushed back, but I'm so glad we only have a few more off season until the next football season starts. Yeah, I know. I feel like we're kind of skipping ahead to like you know the end of this season. Obviously, there's some big games this weekend um, to decide some league titles and and whatnot. But I'm just I'm really excited to see the next few years of high school football oh, here. me too. It's going to be a fun time. Then another a sophomore at Heritage. We, he was an athlete of the week in week one, Devin Rivers. 224 yards, three touchdowns, 20-plus <clears throat> carries against Freedom. Second game of 200-plus yards this year. Yeah, another running back out of BVAL. Yeah. I'm telling you, there is something in the water right now. Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Ronnie Rivers, his, Devin Rivers' his older brother. His dad's also a Hall of Famer at Fresno State. Now Devin Rivers... I'm telling you, Fresno State's going to offer this man. Oh, uh, most likely, yeah. A lot of yeah. schools. Will he, he's going to get. He's going to get a lot of looks. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I think a lot of schools are focused on you know some of the 2021s here in California, um, pushing back some of the recruiting process for some of these younger guys. But the offer is going to start rolling in for these guys soon. Yes, they are. And Devin Rivers leads the North Coast section in rushing with 645 rushing yards. His nine touchdown rushes. Runs are tied with Vintage Junior Dylan Smith for the most in the section. Those are according to the stats available on Max Preps. Big prospect there. And go more into Heritage, too. They're now a ranked team in the Bay Area. Dave, I tried to make it last Dave Fogelstrom, a fantastic head coach. I will actually be at Heritage's football practice Wednesday night. Stay tuned for stuff there. I'm excited to check out the Patriots and what they're doing. But first time I talked to him is his players, the offseason, get all in mentality and well, they're all in. Their only loss was to Pittsburgh. You look and at they, the they played well. Yeah, they played well. They made that a tough game for a while. Right? Yeah. Pittsburgh just so much firepower pulled away there in the end. But Heritage, three big wins this year. They beat Granada. They beat Deer Valley. They beat Freedom. They've got a lot of great players on the team. They've got Rivers. You've got Hanai Muhammad. has got the two picks. You've got the quarterback. Asher Haynes is on some radars. Jaden Price has two touchdowns offensively. One pick. Tanner Smiley, two picks. 116 rushing yards as well. But Gotta love what Heritage is doing. We've mentioned Adam Garwood, O'Dowd just finding ways. I mean, do you have any more takeaways from this weekend? No, I think my clear takeaway is the, the younger classes, but there's still a lot of talent in this 2021 class. Um, Livermore, once again, wins. I think, obviously, everyone's waiting for this week. This is the week for them. And this is kind of the moment that Livermore's been waiting for for the last hundred, for and, for... hundred years, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, we'll talk a lot about more about that on Friday's podcast and next week, um, as that's probably the biggest game that I'm trying to go to. So go vote for. No, nah, I'm not even gonna say it. Go vote for who you want to see. Yeah, game totally, yeah no tampering, Greg. Be above Magic Johnson. But be above his Twitter game. I'm, I might go and take a vote for someone else and in, in it. Not tampering. Sure. It's not tampering. tampering. I get a. I get a vote. Tampering. Everyone gets a vote. Tampering. I'm not Magic Tampering. I'm better than Magic. I'm Steph Curry. We all know Steph Curry tampered for KD. Draymond called him crying after the 2016 <laughs> finals. That's the real tampering, man. That's different. It's not tampering. It was offseason. It's not tampering. Yeah, you call him crying after they blew a 3-1 lead. I, would, I think I cried a little bit, too. I would have called KD if I had his phone number. But now he's a snake, so... There's some interesting things come out about Kevin Durant too. Just get a little, a little too wild. A little. Just go play basketball. Just I'm, I'm getting, stay I'm, out of the news. I'm, I'm concerned about him. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little, a little <clears throat> concerned. But you know what? You mentioned some of these teams. Livermore made another big jump in these rankings. One of their best teams, maybe the best team they've ever had in Livermore. That they've got some great young classes coming up too. That these, they're very excited about. There's something in the water right now. With these younger classes, I know, everyone I know. has amazing athletes in these upcoming years. Times are getting crazy, man. Times are getting crazy. Heritage is in the rankings. <clears throat> Kings Academy's back in there. They just had a big one over Half Moon Bay. Akalani's moved up. Wilcox moved up. They've got that big game against Los Gatos this week. Camp Lindo's moving up as well in these rankings. Vintage is just Vintage dominant. dominant. Yeah, they're just insane. People left and right. Two twenty-four to twenty in these four games. That's insane. Yeah, that, that's sick. But, you know, time for our athlete of recognition. Our men's athlete of the week from De La Salle, Nico Torres. Played both baseball and football last week. Three rushing touchdowns in the win over Jesuit. 
12 carries, 124 yards. Then in baseball, had a triple and two RBIs. I'd say that's a pretty. He did that in one day too. Yeah, he was, was all, the athlete all of the day. The same day. He played baseball at 11 a.m. and football at 7 p.m. Yeah, I mean, well deserving athlete of the week. Um, you know, De La Salle has tons of guys on the team, but Nico really showed out against Jesuit Thursday night. Um, both on the diamond and on the football field, a triple, the two RBIs at 11 a.m., and then went and played at 7 p.m. against the football team. Um, heck of a day. I mean, it's athlete of the week, but honestly, just an amazing day by Nico Torres. Oh, as good as it gets. In our Women's Athlete of the Week from Livermore. Livermore Sports, got to give them a lot of credit what the Cowboys are doing on so many sports. Softball, Taylor Rodriguez on the mound and at the plate. Pitched 17 in the third innings, allowed one earned run, struck out 23 batters. At the plate, two home runs and seven RBIs. Livermore Softball is good. Livermore Softball, they beat Camp Lindo a few times earlier um, in this month, earlier in March, I should say. Taylor Rodriguez, obviously, amazing week this past week. Seven RBIs, a couple home runs. Pitched great on the mound all all week as well. Livermore, I don't know what's going on with Livermore Athletics, but all of a sudden they're they're turning into a powerhouse in a couple different sports. So, getting fun there. Yeah. Getting, getting real fun. They're adding a new big facility on that campus, too. It's huge. Huge. You can see it anywhere in town. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we both live in Livermore. We've driven by it a lot, and it seems to just keep growing and growing. Yeah, when so. I was at practice there last week, I'm looking at that then. I'm like, wait, Coach, wait, how, how big is this place going to be? What? You tell me all the things in it. I'm like, what, is this Power 5? What, what is this, Alabama? I, I mean, Livermore Athletics all of a sudden. I don't know. I don't know, man. There's, there's something going on in the West. Something is the wild, wild West. Right That's way the to best, put way it. To, best way to put it right now. And then our athlete of the month is Dylan Smith from Vintage. Averaged 16.6 yards per carry in March. 24 carries, 398 yards, 8 touchdowns. And you look, if all these games were blobs, if he had any, if he was able to play more and get more touches, what would he have done? Like, I would have been. Yeah. Week 1 only gets 5 carries. Week 2 he gets 7 carries. Week 3 he gets 12 carries. Yeah, and look at the numbers next to that. Week 1, 5 carries, 112 yards, 3 touchdowns. Week 2, 7 carries, 197 <clears throat> yards, 2 touchdowns. Week 3, 12 carries, 89 yards, 3 scores. Right. And as we record this, he did play his fourth game, but that was in the month of April, so that game does not count. We were just looking at the month of March. Um, well-deserving athlete of the month for the month of March. Um, our first ever actual high school sports athlete of the month goes to Dylan Smith. Almost 400 yards, eight touchdowns. Pretty good start oh, to the season. He, he played fantastic for Vintage, and he's a big reason why Vintage is a top 15 <coughs> team in the Bay Area this season. And now Game of the Week voting is up to you. Check that out at westcoastpreps.com. Some of the games you can vote for. Number four, Valley Christian against Bellarmine. Bellarmine just got its first one under Jalal Beach when their new coaching staff there for varsity. Number 21, James Logan goes to number 22, Bishop O'Dowd. Number 15, Wilcox hosts number nine, Los Gatos. You've got number 11, Camp Lindo against Los Lomas. Hoffman Bay against number 23, Sacred Art Prep. Antioch against number 25, Heritage. Number 14, Livermore against Foothill. And number eight, San Ramon Valley against number seven, Clayton Valley. I already know which one you want to win. You've been talking about them a lot lately. But I won't tamper. Say it. Say, say, where, say where you I want to go. I will not tamper, Greg. I will not be like you or Magic Johnson. Just say where you want to go. I want to go to a game. I want to go to a good game. That's all I said. Just say the game you I want to go to. I won't say I want to go to. I won't do it. I, you, you'll say it off air, but you won't say it on air. Just say it. Because I'm not a tampering guy. Just say you I don't want to, want to get to fined. I don't want to get fined, Greg. I won't fine you. I'll just make you buy me dinner. All right? That's it. I still won't do that, but. Just say you want to go to Livermore. I'm, I'm not going to say which game I want to go to, but I want to go to a game. I want to go to a good game. That's all I'm saying. All right, fair if, a, if some of these other games went to, I'm completely content. I, know, I, so I get that. I've got I, no complaints there. I just know that there's a game that you really, really want to go to this weekend. It happens to be that Saturday night in the Bay Area. That narrows it down. I'm just saying. Somewhere in the Bay Area, sure. Of course it is. We're in the Bay Area, yeah. I mean, we cover Bay Area sports, but I, there's a specific game that you want to talk, talk about and and go to you said you got the the questions and everything already ready to go but you don't know what could be for other games too you don't know that our viewers don't know that so i'm not going to say that anyway we're going to move on to our game pick standings no we don't need yes, to go on greg there. we are going into this last week i was eight no greg only had one missed pick seven and one a great week for him monavis got to the seven yard line missed out on that but greg now 16 and nine overall 
and right now I am <clears throat> You're, 19 okay. Hold and on. Hold 6. On. Hold 19 on. and 6. I have a three-game lead on you, and you are losing. <laughs> Hold on. I feel like this is kind of rigged. Rigged? How is it rigged? How is You picked... Okay, you sent me the list of games that we're picking for the week. And I don't like that. <laughs> you know why? Because you picked maybe eight of the easier games to pick no, of the I week. I'm picking, game, I'm picking one's the game of the week. I, yeah, but I mean, come on. This week doesn't look so easy to pick, man. No, not necessarily. This could be a real sway week. This could be the week that decides the it The last week, I mean, it wasn't fair. I had to pick Monta Vista. That was the only way I could get a chance well, to actually... You, you should have picked other games, too, just to give yourself... But I would have lost, yeah, clearly. You would have lost, but you would have tried to pick different. I mean, I when I was going through them, there was one game that I felt was hard to pick. And that was the Monta Vista What game. you might want to do for now on is pick the opposite of me every game if you want to come back. <clears throat> Maybe if you pick some harder games. and I think next week... I Look think... at this week. These ones are Hold hard. On. How about this? How about this? We picked the after the week games, but I, I want two picks... Of mine that we have to pick. Okay, let's get to me. Right. We can do that. I can't wait for baseball season. When we start picking baseball games. Oh, that's going to be a good time. This baseball out here is really fun. <sighs> you know, I just I. I feel like I'm being cheated in this little. You feel like picks. you're being cheated. Yeah. Week one, I don't. Did I even get any picks? Week one, you just kind of threw my picks. I don't even know what I picked. You just kind of randomly, oh, yeah, pick this down. What? I don't I know. I didn't pick your games at all. I didn't, pick, I didn't make your picks. You pick them. I, I don't know if I did. I think mm-hmm. you just kind of randomly said things on a podcast. Yeah, I, I don't know. Athletes take, learn the opposite approach from Greg. Take accountability when you make mistakes. When you, when you throw a pick or you fumble the ball or you miss a block, you miss an assignment, just go to the signs and be like, hey, my bad, my bad, my bad. I saw Jack Quigley do that after a misthrow on Saturday. He was like, that's my fault. That's my fault. You see, that's accountability, Greg. Never no fault. accountability with these game picks. The grass was too high. You to sound like, well, you are a golfer. Every golfer, it's about shot. No, it's on the club. Yeah, oh, no. my putter's messed up. It's never. Oh, it, must have been the, it must have been the golf ball. It's never my fault. It's that spin on the ball. Too much wind. There was mud on the ball. You know, the football was a little lopsided. Mona Vista, you know, they had blood on their ball. You know, that could be an issue. We had to change the ball out because there was blood on the ball. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying. The week one, I think, is the major difference right now. It's not like you take no no accountability. Just like I Steve take Kirk. accountability. Just, just like just like the Warriors head coach. You know what? Steve Kerr for president. But not as Warriors head coach. Nah, he's done. He's gone. The Warriors are fading. They are not going to. Do they make coach they make, K. Do the Warriors, so the Warriors even make the playing game? I don't know at this point. I can't, say it right now. Do they make it or I, do they not? I GMT guarantee that they would. So, yes, they're going to make the playoffs. I GMT guarantee If they miss out on this to the Sacramento Kings, that's one of the saddest things I've ever seen. The play-in counts as a playoff, so I'm just saying. And they that should be much part of the GMT guarantee. game. So this season is a gross disappointment. <clears throat> but you know what? It was not a disappointment. It's not over. It's not podcast over. podcast was not a disappointment. This was a really good podcast. It was a very fun What, are we at like an hour and ten minutes right now or something? We are at 53 minutes and 10 seconds. This is the longest podcast I think that we've done in a long time. Yeah, it really is. It was a great one. We had a lot of fun. So be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Check out all of our content this week at westcoastpreps.com. And follow us on social media. I do my best to fall back and not, not make a sound, sound. I'm gone. So long. I'm gone. I'm gone. So long. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone.